Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. Oh, what's with the accent? So, you know like when we've been watching TV lately? Yes. And we've been watching these very sophisticated TV shows. And all Were of a sudden... Were they sophisticated? The, the characters are very sophisticated. And all of a sudden you find yourself speaking in a British accent that you don't even know where it came from. And it's not even authentic. It's not authentic at all. But it is something that's surprisingly automatic. Yeah. So this is something called language assimilation. You can probably see it most readily in like British people that moved to America or Americans that moved to England. And you'll notice that either someone will retain their accent like very strongly throughout their life. They've been... They've come from England and they've been in the States for like 20 years and they still have their their native accent, right? You've, I'm sure like you've spoken to someone uh, like this before or you speak to someone and they have an accent that's just like yours and you know you are none the wiser that they uh, came from England and that they originally had a very different accent from you. Until they say certain things. <laughs> Until they say certain things and then it's like, wait a second. Um, and that's usually where you catch it. Um, but like, for instance, I think you're an excellent example of this. What? Yes, you, uh, you, uh, and your brother, neither of you were born here, correct? No. You're both born in? Vietnam. Okay. And you both came here not knowing a word of English. Right. Okay. So you learned English here. Um, but your brother, I would say has a thicker accent than you do, correct? Yes. And by thicker, I mean, like, it's not a perfectly native American native. accent. He doesn't sound native. Or at least native to Los Angeles. Because, of course, like, if you're in New York, it's a very different accent. Right? We just watched My Cousin Vinny. And that, that was a very different accent. The youths. The youths. <laughs> the what now? The youths. Um... So, so th this is, uh, once again, a process called language assimilation, and some people have it and some people don't. And that's actually a very interesting uh, area of study in linguistics today, as far as like why some people will, if spent, if spent, if they spend enough time with a group, they will just naturally change the way they speak to assimilate themselves into that group versus uh, those that won't change and they won't necessarily hear or be able to adapt how they speak for that group. Mm -hmm. I think there's many factor in, that goes into how a person assimilates, right? Because, mm -hmm. like in my case, I when I was little, I tried really hard to sound American. Mm -hmm. Versus, and I remember because my brother used to make fun of me. He would always say, "Why are you trying to sound like white people?" Mm -hmm. I remember that, and I'm just like because. I, everyone to go to school with our white people you know mm -hmm. but he had a lot of asian friends yeah. versus i didn't so i mean i know when we were in school he would speak vietnamese to a lot of his asian friends versus when they speak vietnamese to me i reply back in english mm -hmm. because not that i didn't know how to reply in vietnamese it's just i chose not to speak vietnamese to them mm -hmm. i chose to choose use english because i felt like why aren't you speaking English? <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like nothing against Vietnamese or anything. It's just that's how I prefer, you know, I mm -hmm. prefer English over Vietnamese. And I think it depends on the person, how open they are to assimilate, right? Mm -hmm. 
I know when also when I was in college, I was hanging out with a friend and I started picking up her mannerism as well mm-hmm. without realizing yep. it. Yeah, I would say certain words that she would only or ever turns say. Or turn to phrase. Yeah, that she would only say. So this yeah. this part of language assimilation, as you mentioned, it can either be like intentional, like you are actively trying to yeah. to copy someone else's dialect. Because at the end of the day, you are really trying to identify how someone else is speaking and mm-hmm. target that. Um, and you can do this intentionally, like just by like trying to mimic the timing of their like there's all sorts of facets to what makes an accent one way or another Uh, most of it is where vowels are placed so if you ever spent the moment to really think about where in your mouth you're putting your tongue when you say ah or e or um, all those different sounds like you're shaping your mouth you're opening it a certain extent you're putting your tongue at a certain spot um, and all of this is like different language to language like almost every language has a a e i o u vowel um turns out english we teach everyone hey these are the vowels of english there are 20 vowels in english that you just don't think about like several a's several e's several i's uh and so on and so forth um and it, unless you nail all of those exactly you're not going to sound like another person speaking english right that's not all of it. There's also voice timing, like the difference between t and d. Turns out your tongue is going in the same spot for both of those. It's just the timing when your vocal cords start vibrating versus not vibrating. Like mm-hmm. that's the only difference between those two sounds. Um, and then you're like, oh, interesting. And there's a bunch of these pairs um, in, in most languages. Uh, and that timing is different language to language. Yeah. So if someone is coming from a different language, they're going to use the timing that they're familiar with versus the timing that you should use for that language. Um, and there's a very famous like study and video that can go with this. Uh, and they basically have someone making ta, 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 da, da, da. And at a certain point, it switches from a T sound to a D sound. But that point in time when it switches is different for a lot of different people because it was being done in a very controlled way of like making it go gradual ever by ever so slightly more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden your brain switches and it now categorizes in a different way. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Um, and you are constantly listening for those kinds of things. And the people who can do this automatically, they like assimilate into another language more readily than others doesn't mean that they can just jump from one language to another because all of a sudden new consonants new vowels like you're going to make mistakes and you're not necessarily going to be able to hear them anymore um there's a there's a concept where babies actually can hear any language no matter take a baby from anywhere put them in any other like environment they're going to grow up sounding exactly like that environment um so in a way your brother assimilated into an asian american dialect of english whereas you assimilated into a white american dialect of english Mm. does that make sense of course of the west coast because east coast is going to be totally different for all of these sorts of things um so like do there's so many variables at play here but most people will assimilate into like a specific language especially when you're young but also in adulthood it's not limited um 
And we do this because as as babies, we need to copy the language of our parents. And you'll notice this anytime, like I I am a, a second generation American, but I'm a, a child of um, immigrants. I'm a child of immigrants, and so are you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you were a child before you were, the immigration happened, but <laughs> close enough. Um, and I'm sure a lot of Americans are child of immigrants, children of immigrants. And you'll probably notice um, that anytime immigrants will have a kid, their kid is going to grow up sounding like them first. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they get shipped off to school, right? And then they come back and they sound like the classic uh, like dialect of the of the area. Yeah. Um, and that's because the kid is going to now match. They had two examples previously, and now they have 50 examples. Except except in my case, it wasn't like that because my parents didn't speak English. Well, yeah, <laughs> so it then, was so also much, my... much older. Yeah, we were much older. Like, I'm talking well. about, like, from kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. Like, the kids your will neighbor, be... Your neighbor's kids have mm-hmm. had the, the, the slight European... Has, what is it? The slight... Argentinian, Argentinian and Japanese. And Japanese accent when they were little Which does up. not at all sound like a white American... Yeah. Like, accent in, in South, Southern California. Like, there couldn't be closer to that. But now... They, they lost it. Yeah. They lost it completely because they assimilated with... The people around them and it's a necessary part of learning language like to the this ability to pick up and kind of steal mm-hmm. this accent that other people are using um and it happens gradual and gradually and automatically though like you might notice if you ever have uh if you live in america and you ever have some british friends come like staying over uh and after like a week uh you start sounding or saying certain words like they do like you can catch yourself doing that, and that's language assimilation happening, like in adulthood, which is really fascinating to think about because it, that's we don't because think because that... we all love somebody with a British accent. No, no? but the opposite will happen too. Um, like if you have a bunch of Americans that go to the UK, they're going to start picking up the Americanisms, like unless they really start to fight it. Like yeah. if you notice and then you're like catching yourself, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, but if you're not paying attention, you're going to start saying certain words like they do. But um, I think as you get older, it's harder to assimilate as well, right? No. No? Yeah. So a lot of people think that learning language is something that happens only in childhood and then gets much harder as you get older. I think it's more of like as you get like how you mentioned like babies are able to hear so much more. Mm-hmm. So it, it's is it because as we grow older we lose that ability to hear well, hear well in terms of like picking out nuances in language sounds. Is mm-hmm. that and that which is why it's harder for us to assimilate in the language part. Yeah. Right? Okay. So there's a there's a few nuances that are worth like digging into uh, for babies. They can basically hear any sound that a human can make and more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, the ears are wide open to anything. And then as they hear the language that they're growing up in, it gets, it tries to get more and more accurate as far as like what specific sounds are being made. So if you think about it, you have a bunch of uh, like openings that are like buckets that are ready for any sound to come in. Yeah. Um, and these buckets narrow or the 
ends of the funnel narrows into very specific categories. So and does it, it narrows down? To, it narrows na- downward. So it no, takes no, a no. whole bunch of sounds and but, it says this is one specific. Sound. But it narrows down to the language yeah. that you are exposed to. Exactly. Right? Not yeah. not just any sounds. Yeah, it's specifically the ones that you hear the with most. the language that you're like learning. Yeah. Um. Now that that is something that happens, and it's something that's very hard to reverse. You can start studying music. Start like listening, uh, start assimilating yourself into other cultures, and that can reverse itself to a certain extent. Like mm-hmm. you can make new buckets, um, but it's very hard to to do that afterwards. So that's that's one like asterisk to this. But the process of actually learning a different language is still possible, though you will notice that most people that do this later in life they will have an accent. Right. Right? Because all of a sudden, they already had all these buckets set up, and they can learn a language better than you, a native speaker, can speak it. We've all seen this before. You come across someone who has come here later in their life, and they speak it flawlessly. Right? But their accent is never going to sound like yours. They're always going to sound like a foreigner because they came here later, and their buckets were already set up. Um, And this is something that is very hard to avoid. It's possible to change. Like you can train yourself if you're like insistent on it to re-regulate those little buckets mm-hmm. and to start changing how you speak because you're going to start realizing that you are saying something different than what someone else says. That's the problem is the voice that you hear coming out of your mouth sounds like the voice that someone else has because your buckets are funneling two very different sounds into the same spot. Yeah. So you need to like recalibrate that and that's possible. Uh, It just takes effort. The learning language part is the part that takes a lot less effort. So you can have a 90-year-old just want to start learning a new language, and they can learn a new language just as easily as an 80-year-old or 70-year-old or 60 or 50 or 40 or 30, 20-year-old. Like, it goes all the way down. And once, once we hit, like, those later 20s, like, our brain is just as good as it will ever be, like, going forward. Minus... Cases where, like, people can get dementia and stuff like that. Of course, that's going to throw a wrench in that whole process. But uh, for the general case, like, there's nothing limiting you from learning a second, a third, a fourth language later in life. You may have to work very hard if you don't want to have an accent. But if you're okay having an accent, then it's something that you can do. I'm not saying that having an accent is something bad, by the way. Like, it's just a completely natural part of this process. And if anything, we as like, people in general should be more welcoming of people with other accents. Because, as I said, they might end up speaking the language better than you can. Um, just because they put more effort into trying to learn the language that is probably very hard for them, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't come automatically. Um, but if you are a parent and you want your kid to be better equipped for this, try to get your kid to have to learn a second language as early as possible. Something very special happens when we humans learn not one but two languages we actually activate a larger part of our language centers in our brain and it sets us up for success when we want to learn that third fourth fifth language later in life because we're like oh hey we just need to take this and this and modify it for this and then that structure is already there it's ready for success do you think the different types of uh language matter as in like you let's say you grow up learning an English English and then let's say you learn an Asian 
language, like Chinese. Mm-hmm. And then in the future, if you so since those are like two different, I don't know, seemingly very different. Yeah, they're very different languages. Like mm-hmm. then, will that does that give you a better success at learning a third language, or if? Comparative to if you're learning English and then like a language that is very close to English, like what's a language? French. Like? French. Basically the same language. Right. So then, do you have less of an advantage when you learn a third language, or it doesn't really matter because language is language. It doesn't really matter because your brain is not making that connection that they're very similar. Uh-huh. Because from your brain's point of view, they're entirely different. Okay. You're going to use different sets of vocabulary, different sets of phrase structure, different sets of grammar, different sets of sounds, uh-huh. all in one bucket. And then in the other bucket, you have a completely different set of all these things. Like we might say, okay, English is mostly French vocabulary. So they have that huge amount of stuff in common. Well, guess what? If you want to say the red car, you say... Uh, Le voiture rouge. There you go. Um, versus if you want to say it in English, you say... Uh, the red car. Exactly. Okay. Now let's take the pieces of this. You have the. Mm-hmm. The. La. L- yeah. And you have car. Voiture. Okay. And then you have red. Rouge. Okay. Notice that we moved the adjective to a different spot. Yeah. It's at the end. Okay. So that's one difference right off the bat. Uh-huh. Uh, two, the words are not at all similar. Yeah. Right? Red and rouge, kind of. Yeah. Uh, the and le. Mm. Yeah. And voiture and car. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then three, like the grammar and the uh, morphology of changing the words is also different. In French, you have gender, like not not like I am a boy or I am a girl. Words have gender. Yeah. Either masculine or feminine, which mm-hmm. are different than our human genders, by the way. Uh, it's a language construct. And English has that to a much lesser extent. We have it, like girl and boy. Those are the same word, but gendered, right? Yeah. Like, that's the, the easiest example that I can give you. But in French, you can have un chat or une chat. And both of those mean a cat, but you're being specific. What kind of cat is this? A boy cat or a girl cat? Yeah. So, um, like, at the very, like... A top level overview might seem very like, hey, these languages are very close to each other, but they're so far apart in everyday experience that your brain does not lump them together at all. Um, not to mention all the vowels, probably different. Mm-hmm. All the consonants, ever so slightly different. So you already set yourself up with so many extra buckets just by learning two seemingly similar languages, right? So you can do the same thing by learning like... Uh, Chinese, like, for instance, uh, a fun fact, Chinese is actually, or Mandarin, I should very be very specific. Chinese is, uh, there are many Chineses. Um, but Mandarin, the, the, the most common language spoken in China, and I'm going to call it a language and not a dialect, because if you ever wanted to study this, there are different languages. Uh, but, uh, Mandarin is actually easier for a French person to learn to pronounce properly than it is for an English person or an American English speaking. And that's because a lot of the vowels, like Nuhaizu. Okay, the U is the same U as in French. Oh, okay. Right? Um, And that is something that a French person is going to be well-equipped to just jump in versus an English-speaking person is you have to teach them how to make that sound. And it's like, just do U. What do you mean U? 
Like, how am I get? What do you mean, ooh? So the way, like, in for for anyone learning French, uh, the the classical way is you tell them to go e, and then as they're saying e, you bend your your corners of your mouth into duck like face. A, a duck face. So you go e, and you made the ooh sound, and that's the same ooh sound for Mandarin. Mm-hmm. I remember, yeah, I remember because it was so funny when you were when you were teaching me the French vowels and stuff, mm-hmm. and we would always do these facial exercises because it's so hard. Because mm-hmm. I would laugh so hard because you look so hilarious every time. And you're making silly sounds. It's like, yeah. how can you not laugh? But but afterwards you learn it. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm able to say you right? Yeah. But because we, we went through many nights of making these silly faces of trying to produce that sound, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Or like turkey in French. Dun, 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 dun. It's like, it's like you're playing with a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, um, you're revving your engine. <laughs> so that's how, that's how you can force yourself to remember like how these sounds are made. Um, and it's, it's a process. It works. <laughs> it's a, yeah. But the language itself, like speaking the language that can come fairly automatically just by being in the presence of other people that speak Mm -hmm. that language uh the accent that one's harder but still possible like you'll see many people adapt and shift their vowels so that way they were speaking british english and now they're speaking west coast american english or they're now speaking brooklyn new york english you know um and yeah language is cool yeah and that's how we met. Yep. In the language class. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we spoke to each other. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.